Hello, sustainability partners. This is Lydia Vanderbroek here to share with you best practices around sustainability in hospitality and tourism. And by sustainability, I mean more than mere ecological sustainability, which has thankfully moved into the center of our collective attention over the last few years. If you want to run a truly sustainable operation, you need to also assure economic sustainability, primarily through excellent guest service and human as well as social sustainability by training and empowering your staff and including the communities that you interact with. How? Well, this is where I come in and I talk to real people in real businesses to hear about real solutions to real challenges. And I'm happy to share these learnings with you. So if you want to become more sustainable, I invite you to listen in to our conversations and pick out some of these gold nuggets that you can hopefully use in your own operations. And as a side note, every one of my guests has offered to make themselves available for a more in-depth conversation. So by all means, do reach out, connect, and together we can make hospitality and tourism more sustainable. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this episode. And be ready to be swept off your feet right away by today's guest, Felipe Fernandez. Felipe is a general manager in charge of sales and marketing at Cayuga Collection. If you remember, Cayuga's co-founder and president, Hans Pfizer, was on this podcast last year, and he was just so abundant in sharing his know-how and experience, and I just knew I wanted to know more about this company. So here comes Felipe, and he will indeed sweep you off your feet with his incredible level of engagement and his clear dedication to sustainability, innovation, and community service. So enjoy the show, and I'll see you on the other side. Felipe Fernandez, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. As you well know, I talked to Hans a few months back, and uh, I was not only, I did not only just walk away with this incredible picture of Cayuga collection, but uh, I was really impressed by what Hans told me and how he sees sustainability in the hospitality business. So I really wanted to double click on the experience of Cayuga collection. And that's why I'm particularly happy that uh, you should take the time and tell me some more about life at Cayuga Collection. So we know the main focus of what we talk about is sustainability. Of course, not merely ecological sustainability, also economic sustainability through an excellent guest experience and also human and social sustainability by taking care of people development and community development. And I know that Cayuga Collection personifies basically everything together around sustainability. Sustainability is also more than just a slogan. It's also always the result of what leaders do in that company. That's why a first look at who the leaders are, who the leader is, and where you, in this case, came to be, would be a great start into the conversation, I think. So, Felipe, over to you. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you came to work in sustainable hospitality and perhaps even Cayuga especially? 
All right. Thanks, Lydia. Thanks for that nice intro. So it's a pleasure being here and sharing a bit of, of my experience and, and taking the time. So thanks for the invite again. So sustainability, right? I, I was thinking that probably being a Costa Rican and, and being from Costa Rica with, with, with the actions that the country has taken historically towards protecting natural areas and green energy and, and small things, right? You You are exposed to that. So I think that's that's like the first thing. Probably most Costa Ricans have something within that they feel and that they know is the right thing to do regarding environment, right? And that ties to sustainability. So in my case, I studied tourism and in my bachelor's degree in the university. So that, of course, is a career that is very linked to all of, of the communities of the tourism, of all the chain of value that that impacts, right? So for me, it was a really nice career because I really felt that I was in the right place doing what I really needed to be doing. So it was like kind of natural to me. During my my bachelor's, we needed to do some some practice, some, some professional practice. I don't have the proper word in English, right? So from, from way back in the day, and this is late, I mean, like 2006, 2007, I had Cayuga on my radar for sure because they were always like trendy and they had like La Parrios, which was the, the flagship at that point, right? Really famous worldwide renowned hotel. And they were really known for for what they did, not just in terms of hospitality quality, but tying it with sustainability. So that was really interesting to me since that moment. I had it on my radar. I didn't push to do my internship with them for different reasons. So, but I always knew Cayuga existed. Once I got my bachelor's degree and graduated, I decided that I wanted to try like an entrepreneurial uh, business, right? So I jumped into the F&B realm uh, in in San Jose, in one of the gastronomic neighborhoods that we had. And it's funny because I, from the first day, we really wanted to bring in sustainability to part of the strategy and the operation of that small cafe, right? So we invited, we invested in some uniforms that were like reduce, reuse, recycle and stuff. So I remember clients being like, wow, I mean, these guys are like working and they're trying to send a nice message. So that was really nice. And I really felt that people had like the the interest, but they probably didn't didn't know things like in depth. What can they do or, or follow up, right? Not just like separate the, the trash, but what else can they do? So those were nice conversations and stuff. And after five years, I decided that I was I had some challenges, right? Of course, being an, an entrepreneur, especially in a third world country, right, with a lot of bureaucracy and stuff. So I really began to think. I had some challenges and I believe that there must be for sure some people that have faced these challenges and have already created strategies and answers, right? Ways around or best practices to tackle them. So I was like, I think I really want to learn and I really want to bring my experience to an experience to a, to a, to a somewhere where I can really take it up to the next level. Right. So I began to, to look for MBA programs right abroad like in europe some maybe in usa south america and stuff but it turns out that here in costa rica we have a really really good and powerful school that is called inkai inkai business school which replicates harvard business schools uh, case study methods it was founded by them and stuff so we have some 
some faculty teachers are actually uh, they have their MBA or their doctorates from Harvard and stuff and from prestigious universities around the world. And one of the main focuses is sustainability. So it's not like the main one, but it's actually one of the most robust sustainability programs in terms of the MBA world, right? It's one of the most most prestigious finance MBA for sure. And it has also operations, it has marketing, but it has a really robust MBA program. So that really caught my eye. It's not like, it's really challenging. It's challenging to get in and, and the program itself, it's really challenging. So I opted, I, I got in and I was there for two years full time with 100 peers from all over Latin America. And that was again, another amazing experience. And, and what's funny there is that most of my peers, they know what sustainability is. They know how to recycle, you know, but they really, it wasn't their priority, right? So it always, it's always been my priority. So that I had a really nice contrast there and I really enjoyed all the sustainability courses. Um, but yeah, that was like eye-opening to see that this was probably or is not probably part of the core strategy of most most of the traditional companies, you know, because from my peers, most of them went out to, to multinational companies, banks and stuff. So yeah, they have their ESG programs and stuff, but it's just like one person in an office back there doing some things, filling out some forms and not really coming through, right? So when we were talking about what are you going to do when you go out of the MBA program, right? So it was like, bank, no, I'm going to go work in a multinational and this and that. And then when they asked me, I was like, I really want to work in sustainable hospitality. <laughs> and they had like their good laughs, you know, they were like, yeah, I mean, you're crazy. Where are you going to go work after a, a program such as this? Where are you going to find a company that actually does that in the level that we want to work after this kind of MBA program, right? So, But you knew already where you were going to go, right? Exactly. You on your I, mind, didn't you? I only thought, okay, I'm going to go to work with Cayuga for sure, right? So... I had already been on, uh, it had already been on my radar, but I really wanted like to, to shoot in the proper time to, to make like the, the perfect storm for me to enter. Right. So when I got out, I waited out, I traveled a bit, I waited out for an opportunity and then I saw it like a, a post, right. For a job in one of the hotels. And I was like, okay, this is my, my opportunity for sure. So I applied, they interviewed me and stuff. That actually didn't work out for me because at the final stages they opted for another for another uh, person, right? But I was on top of their list, and quickly afterwards they gave me a call. There was another opportunity, and that was in 2017. Here we are in 2022. History, as I say. Exactly. This is yeah. It's been almost five years, and it's been a really gone by really fast i've learned so much i'm super happy it, it fulfills me to work here because it's not just greenwashing sustainability if you want i mean it's definitely not i mean we have really robust sustainability plan we walk the talk we really invest in the communities we create impact we measure the impact we always try to take more steps to increase the gap against people doing it and i feel that our benchmarks are actually worldwide so so we don't play in the local league we play in the sustainability champions league that's a good analogy that i like to use 
And from what I see and the feedback that we get from, from clients, from peers, from stakeholders, I think that we, I'm, I'm proud, but of course, Hans Andrea as the founder should be really proud of what they created. And I think that that, that synergy, that momentum, right, created by that vision actually applied to the company's culture is going to be bringing more and more curated talent, such as myself, who I don't feel that I need to go to work every day, you know. I just log in and I work, I go, I make the calls, I do the visits, and I really love it because I see, like, the impact, you know, the opportunities. I enjoy with talking with guests, but I also enjoy seeing, like, the opportunities that are created for the people. So that's uh, that, that's priceless, you know. And on top of that, they really take good care of us. So it's we have good wages, good benefits, and it's a really humane company in terms of, you can have a nice conversation if you feel down. They give you some time to to sink it in and then going back. So anything you need, there is always going to be a human there, and it's also there's also going to be a lot of empathy. And and we have now entered a stage where I think our sophistication is much higher. Our benchmarks are are not only regional, but they are like worldwide. You know, so we really we I, I don't believe I know. That we play in the big leagues of of hospitality for sure. I mean, this is we set the we set the bar, we raise the bar, we go ahead of the curve, you know. So, yeah, that's that's good leadership applied to an operation, and I think that creates and brings and drives culture, you know. And this is almost tangible. I mean, I know culture isn't something tangible, but I think that if you talk to me or any of my peers. You're going to feel something special there for sure. Yeah, I get the idea. <laughs> I got it already. And uh, just looking at the website, you see a lot of energy transmitted. So I guess that's part of, of your field of responsibility as well. So tell me, um, Felipe, please, what are some of the cool things you're doing around sustainability? And the, the reason why I'm asking, of course, I've been to your website and I've also talked to Hans before, but uh, the whole purpose of this podcast is for others that want to, you know, either expand the sustainability or even start um, remodeling their little business or their, their, their mid-sized business towards sustainability for them to get some, some input on what they can actually do. Um, this is why I'm talking to real-life people to see what some of the real-life solutions might be that they can implement, you know, either, either short-term right away uh, or with little investment or then, you know, uh, as part of a larger strategy. So what are some of the some of the cool sustainability initiatives if you want? Initiatives, yes. What are some of the, the those All right. Oh great. So we have quite a few, you know. I I think and one one of the ones that I really like the most is one that we call our back of the house uh, green living or sustainability tour, right? So if you visit our hotels, each of our properties has a complimentary tour where we invite you to check out the back of the house with us. So we're not just about the front of the house where, I mean, the front is needs, needs to be on point, our restaurant needs to be super clean, this and that, but we go, we, I mean, we give you like the other face, like the other things, the things that you don't usually see because it's super convenient to not showcase it, you know, because they can be a mess, because they can be dirty, numerous reasons. But we really believe that the best way to walk the talk, to show 
that we are really all about sustainability is to actually invite clients and be super transparent with the way we do things. So each property is different, but each property has a, a that tour set up. And it's amazing when people show interest and we take them to the back of the house, they are really like, wow, do you know, if they're really into sustainability, this is the thing that creates the mo the most critical impact in them because it's amazing to see and because I, I've been also in the operations, it's amazing to have a team that believes in, in that things need to be the way they are. They really believe like in the why, you know, because this is super important. Why do we do this? They really understand it. So they apply it naturally to, to their station, their workstations, to this and that. So that's a really special part of the tour where you go back, you check out like the way our waste management facilities, you go and check out like the maintenance workshops and everything. As the questions go around and see our, our farm to table, um, I don't have the proper word in English, but we have those in place so they can really check out that it's super farm transparent. Farm to table, that is right. Yes, we have like the places where we have our plant, yeah, edible plants and we don't add, of course, any chemicals, but it's a natural process. So they really love that. And most of the times we invite them to finish off the tour, planting a tree because all of our properties have like a, dedicated area where we uh, maintain the endemic forest or the endemic uh, natural habitat where we operate, you know, because it's also part of what we do. So that's, that's one. And that's one that really creates a lot of impact. Another one is, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, that we have really robust uh, sustainability measures in place. So our premise is that if you don't measure something, then you cannot improve it, you know? So we began way back to measure everything, like our electrical consumption, gas consumption, uh, gasoline consumption, where we have cars. Uh, we began to weight like every waste that we have, you know, like organic waste, plastic, mm -hmm. metal, this and that, to be able to create plants. So we began to create like the baseline with years, years mm -hmm. of, of measuring, you know, to set the base, uh, the, the methodology. Mm -hmm. And then we study that. We have it now and at this point in a very nice visual way. Mm -hmm. And we have our, our maintenance team and external experts to sit and we bring them to the table. We sit down and we craft specific action plans to actually reduce our footprint if you want you know it's super hard for us to but we are aiming to eventually and in a very romantic way to be like carbon neutral you know but it's mm -hmm. super hard because of what we do but we try nonetheless mm -hmm. so okay. we talk for example we talk to our suppliers and we for example by very specific cases that we require them to not bring single-use plastics when they bring like <clears throat> things that we need to buy from them Mm -hmm. So we help them out. We give them ideas. We, we were, we are like, okay, instead of the plastic bag, you can use this, that it's a natural fiber, that it's reusable. We can supply it for you. And then we can continue like with the ball rolling. So okay. I really love that too, because okay. it's a how, very, let me just interfere. How are your, how are your supplies reacting to this? Well, yeah. there is a, there is resistance to change, of course. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be less convenient for them, for sure, mm -hmm. because it creates like maybe an additional process and stuff. So I think that a couple of year ba years back, 
it was harder. But right now, I think it's beginning to make more and more and more sense to them because right now we, we were, we were sustainable before it was fashionable to be sustainable, yeah. you know? So back in the day, it was like, no, these guys are crazy. They're tree hoggers, this and that. Of course, you could fall into that. But I think, and I believe that at this point, they're like, no, these guys know what they're doing. They set the bar. So it might be easier to see what they're actually trying us to do. Mm. And and replicate because it mm. creates a good brand value for them to actually offer that to other clients. And we don't mind because we believe in the integral aspect of creating wellness, you know. So, yeah, we've had challenges, but right now I think that they really believe in that. So it, it goes to show you that you cannot <laughs> do sustainability, especially ecological sustainability by yourself, right? Because you're so much part of a greater environment. Yes. If you impact uh, the whole supply chain, then that's, that's integrally that, yeah, right. then you're helping integrally, but you shouldn't be like bumped if you're the only one doing it, you know, it's going to come there eventually because people are going to begin to talk more and more about this and they're going to, it's convenient, you know, to see what people is doing to, are doing to create a positive impact. So, so we're, we, we don't, are not only transparent, but we communicate, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that because if everyone begins to adopt this type of initiative, then the, the world is going to be a better place for sure. I mean, and that, again, that's romantic, but we do it anyways, you know, because that's the only way we believe that we can do it. Of course. Romantic is just one adjective. It can be just visionary, right? Yes, it's of course. Visionary. Let's call it necessary. No, now, yes. Depending on what you call it, it's going to make you move a little faster. So, do you have any specific examples that you use with your suppliers that well, we can think on? Yes, of course. I mean, they had, I mean, our produce suppliers, you know, these ones were like the, were the most convenient single use plastic bags that they, they, they used them, you know, and it was super convenient for them. They're super cheap. And then they, they can separate like their, their clients, you know, this bulk is from this client, this bulk is from this mm -hmm. client. So we, we, um, we invested in some uh, reusable boxes, you know, from, from, um, recycled plastic. Okay. So because they were, I mean, this in many cases, and especially in our cases, we try to go and look for the local producer, you know, not like the, mm -hmm. the mainstream, um, company that actually buys from them and then resells to us. So we try to go straight to the source. So of course, mm -hmm. when we bring a, a problem like this, Hey, we want you to really stop using single plastic. Then the first thing that's going to pop in their mind is like, I would do it, but I mean, I don't have the, the resources to invest in mm -hmm. 50 boxes that cost this much. So we are like, okay, mm -hmm. we understand, but we can supply them for you. If we supply them, would you do it? No problem there. So mm -hmm. yeah, we did it. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in, if I'm not mistaken, in our hotel in Monteverde, we implemented and, and after a couple of, of times where we actually pushed the, the supplier, I think that they changed their whole system to reusable boxes. They left some in the, with their clients. And then when they bring, they leave and they take the empty boxes and stuff. So it's something super simple. But mm -hmm. if you, if you multiply like the, the volume that they handle right. uh, based on the number of clients, then you had a lot of single use plastic that wasn't doing anything in favor of right. the environment. And now 
right. we're not doing it, you know? So that's a very specific example that okay. I can give you. Good, good, good. I think that's very important. And these suppliers will also influence their other clients, right? So by doing this, by, by initiating this, you are setting in motion a new development that will target other hotels as well, right? That might yes. not be on that bandwagon. Yes, I mean, you, you, are, you are in this. I mean, if you create like the right momentum, it, it might start slow, you know, like slow, slow, slow. But then it, there comes a point when, when people now adopt it, it begins to move really fast. So it, so it travels fast and no, this is, this helps me out because this, because of this, because of this. I don't know. I think those guys really benefited, for example, from, from the way they ordered their, their truck, you know, from bags all over the place where produce got messed up. So the boxes also gave them like, better quality with the final delivery because produce was more protected in the boxes. So it's very small things that they wouldn't even imagine. We wouldn't even imagine, but they see things that we don't see. We know that we want to change the way we do things, but they can see the meaningful impact in the small things and that impacts their bottom line too, you know? So that, that makes sense because yeah, sustainability can be visionary, can be romantic, but you need to prove to people that you can do business doing the things the right way, you know? So it's really important, you know, combining, combining everything. Yeah. Yet you all had to take uh, some money uh, to invest basically now in this situation with the supplier, right? So yes, basically you funded. Uh, in this uh, specific case, yes, of market, course, right? but we have a mm -hmm. part of our budgets for every hotel or property that we operate, we have in our budget resources to, to, to inject in the community, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it could do, we, we chose this specific initiative for, for Monteverde. Mm -hmm. I don't know for the, I was clear in the Caribbean, there's a lot of impact in actually investing in donations for indigenous communities in, in rural areas that have limited opportunities, you know? So it might be that they need, um, I don't know, medicines, that they might need some specific things for the school, like like scientific calculators or something like that. It might be that the community actually needs a new a new communal hall. So we put the, our resources into that and we go and we send like, not just send like the money or the materials, but if we can and our operations allow it, we, we're gonna send also, I don't know, our maintenance team, you know, so that they can help out with the construction. And then we're going to bring, uh, as much staff as we can so that they can go so that they can leave it so that they can help. Because we've seen that our initiatives are not only kept within our circle of direct circle of influence in the hotel, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. if, if someone goes and buys into that, then they're going to go and bring it to their family, you know, and if they bring it to their family, then they're going to bring it to their community. And then the magic begins, you know, because yeah. they're like, Oh no, we did this and it was super cool. And it's super nice to be able to help out. And they see the impact. It's not just like pay this amount of money and, and throw money to the problem. Mm -hmm. That's one way to do it. But we try to not just inject the resources, but create the culture around mm -hmm. that, you know, the, mm -hmm win-win culture for sure because mm -hmm. if our communities are better then our staff is going to be better and then 
our hotels are going to be better and the, the guest experience is going to be enhanced for sure. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's like a castle, you know? It makes complete sense. And it makes you wonder why not more people would see it this way, don't you? Yes, of course. And that, that's a dilemma, especially as, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I live here and I am Costa Rican, you know, and I've seen the impact, <coughs> sorry, the impact that sustainable tourism or that, that not the mainstream tourism has had in the country because tourism is one of the main touristic, I mean, to, in the main economic activities here in Costa Rica. And we have like the blessing that we have a lot of medium and small players, you know, mm -hmm. small hotels, uh, lodges, this and that. So we don't have a lot of big, humongous, 1,000 key properties all inclusive. We have that for sure. And, and, and I don't think that we should open like Pandora's box if we go into that debate, right? But it is a meaningful impact to have, to have this and to actually be able to keep the initiatives or the, the efforts folk lo locally, mm -hmm. locally, you know, because mm -hmm. then the communities develop and it, then as again, the magic seems to be happening for the sure. Magic. Yes. I like the magic. So the culture that you talk about, the culture, which is basically the foundation of everything that happens in your hotels is also the foundation for a lot of innovations. And I read on your homepage that you do a lot of um, uh, innovations that come from within your staff, right? Can you yes. tell us a little bit how this works? And yes. what maybe some of the great um, innovations have been that came forth from your staff? Yes. So part of what we do, um, I think that, that it should launch, launch soon this year, <clears throat> is that we open an innovation contest, you know? So, so we really begin to craft it like in the corporate aspect, right? So we should do the innovation contest and maybe put like a focus for this year. So we really put time, effort and resources into creating, not just like establishing the campaign, but something that's really visually stunning for our staff for our, our staff to incentivize them to actually propose, you know, propose because they, I mean, they know their necessities because they're there. And we have the, the particularly that our hotels are like operated by Cayuga, but they're different owners. They're in different communities. They're different cultures with different needs, you know? So we launched those and we give, um, we, we throw some incentives. I mean, it, different kind of incentives. It could be like a, a full, fully complimentary stay for a couple of nights in each, any of our properties. I don't know, maybe a trip to another hotel as a, as an incentive or something like that. And we give them some time to actually bring the ideas to the table. And we, we establish like, a, like, a, what's the proper word in English? Like a structure, you know? So we give them like, okay, what would be like the proposal? What are you solving? How would you do it? And what do you need? Right? So we give them structure and we launch it and then we give them a time frame. And then all of the initiatives are reviewed uh, from, from the corporate team, which is, I'm part of the corporate team, you know, and we also include sometimes include our general managers and we invite some external judges too. And then we get like the top, top five, I don't know, initiatives and we bring them to present and we really create some buzz around that. But 
we actually try to tackle each and every alter, uh, um, suggestion that we have because most of the times it's not that hard. So I'm trying to think of one, one that we had that re I really love um, was proposed by the guys in Naparillos, which is now no longer part of the Cayuga collection because it got sold. But I mean, this was really a special place. So the guides there in one of our innovation contests, they proposed to launch a program called like our guide school, you know? So how this worked was that we had specific weeks during the, the year where we actually market and, and commercially pushed like the message that people that were going to come to visit the hotel during that time would be part of a, like an experimental program with our guides because that place had their its in-house guides people that lived there for like 20 years where they were going to be trained you know like one week training as a guide like the main species how to walk like in the jungle how to check out like we use binoculars use a telescope this and that you know and this got like spread out to our to our staff and other hotels too so that, that was a lovely, lovely initiative that I really, 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 really loved. And um, I was actually set to go, but then the hotel got sold and stuff. But that type of things, I mean, <clears throat> first it creates pride, you know, because the guides, they were like, we are all about the people, you know, and having some expert guides actually being so proud of what they do to actually propose a program where they are the stars, you know. We just send mm -hmm. them the clients, but they're going to do what they do every day, but showcasing it in a different way and earning mm -hmm. their, their respect. So imagine what that would create if you are a guide or if you are any type of staff, you know, mm -hmm. imagine what that would do. I think mm -hmm. another one more recent, because I'm, I'm having a hard time, like thinking of all of them where was more in the pandemic mode where I think that Kurai and Ovita proposed some virtual pastry lessons, you know, okay. from, from the pastry chef there. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they set it up, they organized it, they invited the community. This has to be virtual, of course, but that really created, uh, I mean, some bus around the community, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, 30 people logged into those workshops and they began to craft some pastries, these and that. And then they began like sending, sending us like the pictures of their final products and creating like, a really, mm -hmm. a really nice synergy and communication between the hotel and the community. You know? So mm -hmm. that was amazing because, of course, these communities have a lot of necessities, you know, because they're like really heterogeneous. There's a lot of money, mm -hmm. but then there are some big necessities. Imagine if you don't have like very specific skills to actually learn to, to bake some stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. that brings you a, a, an economic possibility to actually... Mm -hmm. Sure. It's something and begin to sell it, you know, er sure. earning a small income, but it's an income nonetheless, right? So, mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. those were a couple of ones. I'm gonna yeah. think of more and to see if I can remember <laughs> during the, the interview. <laughs> Good. Well, it brings us to the community and the staff, which is so important, right? Because they are the ones that actually do they do sustainability, right? Exactly. They do the things that that ultimately bring sustainability. Um, how do you hire the right people? How do you find them? <laughs> the people that do that and how do you train them maybe? 
Well, that's a excellent, excellent, excellent question because I think that there are like two two ways to do it, right? The, mm -hmm. the more traditional way would be I have a necessity and I'm going to open a, a contest where I'm just going to wait to see who applies. And it doesn't matter where that, that person is from. If that person fills their profile and the interviews and stuff, then I'm, I'm going to bring them to the communities, you know? So that's, an, uh, that's a way to do it. And you're going to probably have a better guarantee that that person has like the right skills, you know, for the, that specific position or the way that we do it, that it's probably not the easiest, but it's definitely the most fun way where we, one of our premises in terms of HR is to actually hire local. So of course that we have in each hotel staff that is not 100% local from that community, you know, because there are very specific positions, of course. But then we always try uh, to have a, at least a higher than 80% of staff from the local area where we operate, you know. So it depends on how long the hotel has been, if it's a new project, if it's a, an ongoing operation that we actually bring on as a client, you know, but we try to prioritize the local communities, the local staff, bring them to the hotel. And we have very robust uh, career path uh, training programs in place where we know that it depends. I don't know if it's a new hotel, then we're going to probably have to have a core of, of certain specific strategic positions that might come from, from another place. But as soon as we have the staff in place, they're going to begin like a training program based on their needs. We're not going to, um, it's not mandatory, you know, but for example, I don't know, Lydia has shown interest in pastry. Perfect. So we already have like the, the skeleton program, you know, that we are going to tweak here and there for Lydia. And it's going to take Lydia, I don't know, depending on the, her current skills, six months, one year. So we're going to give, uh, we're going to invest part of their working hours, the hours that we pay them to do their specific jobs for them to train in that career path that they're having. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be supervised by HR. They're going to be trained by an expert, which would be, I don't know, the pastry chef, you know? So if you work eight hours, for example, you're going to have two hours per day to go and train with that specific person in that specific area. And we're going to develop those skills. And once you completed your career path or your development program, then you're going to be in pole position. Every time that we open up a new position, for example, we need a new pastry chef and you already completed that program, then you're going to be like our first pick to actually go through that process, you know, mm -hmm. because we always do try to do the process, but it's been super successful. Mm -hmm. Not only from within the hotel, but we open internal Cayuga, Cayuga like contest, you know, so we could bring, I don't know, a person from, from Arena del Mar, from Emmanuel Antonio, they might, or might be ready, but there is no, the position isn't going to open up there soon, but it opens up in Monteverde, maybe. They are actually going to be able to participate and get pole position for that. So mm -hmm. that's the way that we do it, you know, and we have career paths for each and every position. And we actually have some pretty amazing success cases, you know, like living, working right now. And I think that, that the best example of that would be 
right now, our operations manager in, in Arenas del Mar, Manuel Antonio, he's a great guy, Rodvin, my friend, my good friend. He's been with the company at least for 15 years, you know. He started out as, as a driver for the construction company that was there. Then they hired him as a bellboy. And then he's been moving his way up. Now, being the operations manager for that hotel, 37 rooms, you know, wow. our biggest hotel. And he's a local guy. And he pushed himself to learn English, to learn the technological skills, this and that. And of course, Rodbin is currently uh, going through his training to eventually become a GM. Mm -hmm. that, that, I mean, when that happens, I think that we should throw a party because that's like the... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be like the, the peak moment from this program. And maybe when he started, this wasn't like so defined, you know. Mm -hmm. But right now we have a really robust methodology mm -hmm. to push mm -hmm. people to develop like that. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that's a killer case because, mm -hmm. the, I mean, we could write a book like, we do it this, 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 and that, but then Maybe we do I think that <laughs> they should. But if you don't have a, a living example, and we have mm. many, I mean, Rodney yeah. is probably the nicest one because he's, he's, I don't know, he's had like seven positions where he goes and then he, he continues to grow, to grow, to grow, you know. He needs to take the final step, but it's a process. I mean, the skill set for each position is different. But yeah, that makes me proud. And yeah. makes us all proud for sure. And it helps, of course, that you have uh, several properties where people could go back and forth, right? So it's a little yes. more challenging if you have just one property, then the career for sure might be uh, somewhat limited. But to develop people from within and give them the opportunities and uh, make it a focal point to develop them from within the company is definitely yes. no, of course. And I mean, most of our guys are local, you know, so their families live there. So they have like a small state where their family lives. So it, it, it would be a challenge for some of them to actually leave that community, you know, and we understand that. So we, we're patient with that. But then again, having multiple properties helps us out a lot when they're actually in their career paths, you know, in their career in training, especially in leadership positions where I don't know if you are in a career path towards, for example, guest service coordinator in Arenas del Mar, Manuel Antonio, then perfect. You know, you're, you're doing this, that you're learning all about how to apply the operating procedures in your operation. But then there comes a point when each program has like the cross training, especially in, in leadership positions where you need to go to other properties and check out like the same method, the same skeleton, the same procedures, but applied in a different operation. So that opens your mind, you know, because they're like, oh, you, you do this, we do it like that. And, and I now see that you're doing it here. And that creates a lot of discussion, positive and healthy discussion where you challenge the status and you bring innovation and you improve, you know, the process. You brought the horizon, right? You brought that's the super rich. That, that's like when we meet, like mm -hmm. we meet like, with the corporate team and the GMs and the operations managers, we meet three, maybe four times a year. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing when we see, uh, I mean, of course it's super joyful to actually see each other because we work so hard. So we always find time to have some good laughs. But then when we put a point and began to discuss it, it's a super deep and, 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 and 
rich conversation. You know, everyone wants to bring what they know. And it's, it's actually a really high level discussion and round table because we're all good at what we do. And so any topic that you can throw out there, then it's going to be, everyone's going to begin to put their mind onto it and give their opinions and stuff. So oof, that again, that creates some really nice things, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you go and, and, and uh, you go into a new community um, and you hire, you're, you're trying to hire people from the communities, is there actually a lot of applicants or do you really have to look for staff? Well, I'm, I'm trying to think about the last time that we enter a new community with a new project. And I, well, it happened not that long ago in Monteverde with Senta that, that the owners really bought that property and then, then began to work on it. And we actually went there to create like a, uh, HR contest, so to speak, you know, like going there to the community. Uh, exposing ourselves and bringing bringing in people, so we didn't have a hard time to find applicants because, for example, Monteverde is a really touristic community, but we weren't like overflown, you know, with with um, with the requests. So what we did was that we actually opened an internal contest from the hotels like, Hey guys, we're going to open a new operation. There's opportunities. We need some leadership positions that already know what Cayuga does and that the core values and stuff, because we want to, to, to speed up like the learning curve, you know, from, from these new properties. So we had strategic positions in place. Then we hired some local communities. But that was then, but now what we are seeing is that most of the people really want they touch they they bring they bring their their cv to our hotel and stuff because we've already been there like three years they know mm. how we do things they've seen how we do things they saw us during the pandemic mm. so they're really like hey i want to be part of this wow this was yeah. amazing i mean these yeah. guys really did well so they really want to 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 be part of that and part that's amazing that. you know so yeah so that's that's walking the talk, you know. Mm. We don't do anything like extraordinary other than living up to our core values. Mm. But then yeah. word word gets out, yeah. you know. And then they're like, "No, I mean, I don't know. I got sick, and then I went, and yeah, I had everything in order. So they really didn't do things in the right mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. This and that, and that creates a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that well, that's for itself. Is, is not is not. Uh, it's not yes, common living the values is not common um common practice at all so if you do no, that already it, it then, might impact then. your bottom line you know but yeah. thing is that we don't have any any doubt about this i mean we are a hospitality company you know hospitality right. is subject you know i don't know what is nice for me might not be as nice to you or vice versa you know we know this we know this so okay we work with subjectivity every day in our hotels, you know, service, right? And this and that. But what we really know is that people makes a difference, you know, I don't know. Things cannot be spot on. Something can, can, can be broken and things can go wrong, you know, one way or the other. And of course, we try mm-hmm. to minimize. Right. It's not about, of course, we work on preventing things from happening, but you cannot control everything. So things mm-hmm. are, are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. inevitable. 
But what's not inevitable is that the way we as people cater, like the needs when something happens, you know, it's not the same thing that I know that the light is broken and the, I go there to your room like, oh yeah, the light is broken. Yeah, I'm going to change it. That's tangible, you know, I mean, you can feel it, mm-hmm. but we know that we're going to send a motivated person that is really happy with the company because mm-hmm. we invested in the community because we've, we've been uh, training him or her into something like that. They're going to bring that joy. They're mm-hmm. going to be happy. Like, Hey, Didi, how are you? How, how, how has your stay been? I heard that there's a broken light. I'm here to help. So it's going to be two minutes. That makes all the difference. And we are all about the people, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So of course, we are super professional. Our hotels are feel like new. We invest in them. So we, we try to keep, to to keep things as neat as we can, but we're not perfect and we don't try to be perfect. But what we try to do is to have a highly motivated staff for when anything happens, and they're going to be there and they're going to put their base face and they're going to make it work. And of course, if the experience is flawless and you add into the mix, happy, motivated stuff, you cannot make these things up. You know, it's intangible, but it, it, it's tangible it's at the same time. You know, so your, your focus is to hiring motivated people, right? And then teach them the skills. Is that what I hear you say? Yes, we prioritize attitude you know not the skill set not the cv not the experience because maybe i don't know maybe i can get a cv and it would say 15 years of experience in in tourism okay perfect next to another one that it's like no tourism experience but then you interview and maybe the guy that has 15 years has like i don't know worse attitude you know like yeah no i'm kind of yeah i don't know I don't know if I want to work here or not. And the other person is going to be like, I really want to work here. I really want to learn. I've heard about this and that. I really want to develop towards this and that. So we try to prioritize uh, attitude, you know, because you cannot, you could teach attitude, but it's harder, you know, but you can yeah. teach skills. You can teach, I don't know, someone to use a computer, someone to really apply the, the operating procedure, but you cannot push that in terms of attitude. So we try to prioritize attitude above everything else because with the right attitude, for example, Rodming, as I mentioned, you can start your way up up in the bottom, but if you have the right attitude, you can really bring it, move up up the ladder. And we have real examples where we've had success cases that makes us, makes us proud. Yeah. Well, if you have a running operation, then uh, it helps people who are coming in, right? Because if you have the supervisors, if you have the managers that are role modeling the right attitude, then you're going to get people in and it's going to be a lot easier for the new staff to understand exactly what you mean by, um, by a particular attitude, right? Exactly. And that's why when we have a new project, even if it's new or even if it's an ongoing project from another company or from the owners operating it, it, it themselves, then we are going to, we're going to do like a round table and we're going to be like, okay, what resources do we have that are ready to actually move them to that operation to begin to create that, you know, because we've found that it's super, it's much easier because you don't just, I don't go to a hotel and I put out my PowerPoint and I'm like, 
yes, we're world leaders in sustainability with blah, blah, blah. We can, we do that like in a, in the more traditional way, but the best way that we find is sending people, sending people like me to the, an, an operating position that lead by example, you know, I'm not going to be like, Hey, pick that, pick that trash up. I'm just going to go and pick it up and right. throw it. And then yeah. they're going to see, and yeah. they're going to be like, Oh, wow, that was a manager. Yeah. So. Yeah, Why am I yeah. not going to do it? You know, yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. that's something really nice. Yeah. I'm just redoing my supervisory skills workshop and uh, I have a particular focus on role modeling. I think it's, it's supremely important to get people to, to do as you do and not as you say. Philippe, I know that you have another meeting coming up. Yes. Um, let me just pick your, your brain for a, another minute or so. Where, where is it going to be going? What are some of the, sustainability innovations maybe that you have uh, on your on your radar so we're now but i think this should be another podcast and i can recommend <laughs> one of my one of my peers in corporate that now uh -huh. we're working on our sustainability 2030 plan you know okay so it's based on the on the united nations sustainable goals right. so mm -hmm. we have a very specific action plans for mm -hmm. for the ones that really um overlap with what we do Mm -hmm. But in ter in general terms, we're all about circular economy, triple bottom line, mm. and and well, that 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 would be very specific. But we're I mean we are world leaders. We go ahead mm -hmm. of the curve, mm -hmm. and from what I've seen, this is preliminary, of course, and and hopefully you can you can expand with my peers. I think the gap is going to increase because yeah, we've been benchmarking internationally. And the things that we are doing right now are not that common. So we might even go out and, and begin like a new venture in consulting, sustainability consulting, you know, because that's the feedback that we've gotten from, from touching base with some, wow. some other guys. Excellent. Well, I'm doing my little part in this in spreading the word about what you're doing. Um, <laughs> other people in the in the business so we can do a little bit um uh, a small contribution to other operations becoming sustainable as well no data thank you thank you i mean as mentioned one step at a time you know one step that, at a time that's how it it's goes gonna, yeah. it's gonna be the momentum is gonna grow in an in exponentially at, at a certain point for sure until the time, as I always say, when being a sustainable hotel is no USP anymore, but it's the, it's the norm, right? Exactly. And then hotels like yours will have made a big part of this. Philippe, thank I'm going to let you run. I hope that our paths will cross again. Yes, I thank you so I much for so taking too. the time. And oh, I wish you. you all the best. And I hope to see uh, Cayugos in action sometime soon. Thank you, Lydia. Thanks for inviting thank me. And it was a true pleasure, all right? Okay, thank you so much, Felipe. All right, bye. Bye-bye. So I believe now you know what I meant when I said he will sweep you right off your feet. As you might have noticed, we could have gone on with this conversation for at least another hour. If you want to do this, if you want to uh, continue this conversation with Felipe, pick his brain, get in touch with him, you can do so via LinkedIn. Uh, you can also mail him directly. It's Felipe at CayugaOnline.com. That's one word. So reach out to him, talk to him, continue the conversation. I want to thank you for tuning in today. 
I'm looking forward to a few more interesting conversations coming up the next few weeks. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Be sustainable. Stay awesome. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.